didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, and take a look at every single episode of Stranger Things, starting with season one. And we have now made our way to season two. And we are now on what I like to refer to as the worst episode of Stranger Things. <laughs> it's chapter seven of season two called The Lost Sister. And Colin is here with your summary. The seventh chapter of Stranger Things 2, titled The Lost Sister, debuted on Netflix on October 27th, 2017. It was written by Justin Doble and directed by Rebecca Thomas and has a runtime of 45 minutes and 49 seconds. We're back to Saturday, November 3rd, 1984, and pick up back where we were with Elle in episode five, Dig Dug, at Terry's house with Becky, learning more about her past. She finds an article about Polly, who we saw as eight in the season's first episode, and then steals Becky's cash and runs out the door when she hears Becky on the phone with Flo. Elle arrives in Chicago and finds the graffiti-riddled warehouse where Kali and her motley crew are hanging out. Turns out they've been tracking down all the bad people from the lab, robbing them and killing them, not necessarily in that order. Elle learns that Kali can make people see things that aren't really there. The next day, Sunday, November 4th, Elle has her Dagobah moment and Force pulls a train car before the crew heads out to dispatch of Ray Carroll, the lab tech who turned it up to 450 and hurt Mama. When they get to his apartment, Elle Force chokes him at Kali's urging, but stops when she discovers Ray has two daughters. The crew runs out as the cops arrive and they head back to the warehouse. Once there, Kali makes a vision of Brenner appear, telling Eleven she needs to confront her pain. Elle doesn't take too kindly to this, but just then the police raid the joint. Kali uses her powers to help everyone escape, but Elle has had enough and decides it's time to head back home to Hawkins. Thank heavens. The end of Chapter 7. Tell you what, Colin, couldn't come fast enough for me. <laughs> just like ready, set, go. Let's just, <laughs> let's just tear into this thing. And it's really, it's it's kind of funny because I mean, we all, I mean, it's widely regarded as the you know least best or worst or whatever you want to call episode of Stranger Things on IMDb. It has a six point one rating, which is the lowest rated mm-hmm. episode of the entire season, second only to the premiere of season three, which was a seven point nine. So there's the right. gap. Yeah, seven of the twenty five episodes have a rating of nine point zero or more, and this it's, is at a six point one. It's one of the most. I had to write an article about it. It's one of the most highly rated shows on IMDb because if you look at a lot of shows on IMDb. I'm just talking about series. I'm not talking about movies. They IMD rate, IMDb ratings are typically just right down the center. They are not, they're 4.5 to 6.5. Basically. Right. Yeah. And 6.1 is kind of right in that. I mean, if you look yeah. at the, you know, any movie, I mean, it's going to be right in the 6.1 range. And I was doing a lot of, I went on a lot of message boards and, and um, you know, reviews of this episode when they came out like entertainment weekly and mm-hmm. vulture and those kind of in AV club and stuff. And the critic always kind of ripped at a new one, but then the comments were full of, I don't know, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty decent and I thought it was pretty good and there was some good action in it and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. There's just so much about this episode that just does not work for me. No, it doesn't. It's, and I wonder if, and I know we try to refrain from talking about like spoilers and, and honestly, this is just a theory and it's been a theory 
since season one about 11 but i wondered if this was a way that audiences got to see her darker side and and she reels it back in obviously she she doesn't kill ray and she doesn't you know go ahead with with collie and them is it Callie or Collie? I always said Callie, but they, they said Collie in the episode, which is okay. just another, another reason to hate it. Because it's, <laughs> it's not spelled that way. It's Callie. It's not Collie. She's not a dog. She's right. not Lassie. And uh, she, but you know, like as quick, as much as we love Eleven, you know, she was the first one to pipe up and say, yeah, I've killed before. And it, and like, you forget about it. You forget yeah, yeah, that yeah. she's done that because she's yeah. this little girl that we right. all love. Well, I mean, the thing, and, and I kind of, I mean, I kind of get what the Duffers were going for. And I know I kind of snarled Justin Doble's name at the beginning of this, but this is, the, the Duffers wrote the show, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just gave credit to a different person in the writer room each week, and Justin Doble apparently drew the short straw this week, so his name <laughs> is stuck on it. Um, but, I mean, I have bigger problems with Rebecca Thomas's directing, Um but we'll get to all that. But I kind of, I mean, the Duffers kind of said, I mean, actually they said in, a, in an article, uh, Matt said, whether it works for people or not, it allows us to experiment a little bit during this episode. It's important for Ross and I to try stuff and not feel like we're doing the same thing over and over again. It's almost like doing a whole little other pilot episode in the middle of your season, which is kind of a crazy thing to do, but it was really fun to write and cast and work on. And I kind of get that, you know, if if she wanted, if she had to go away and she had to learn about her powers and come back a better person and be more effective and we needed some backstory, that's fine. I don't think it was done particularly well, but my big problem was that it was a bottle episode and we're sitting here through the whole season. We got six episodes and it's just building and building and Will's being you know, infiltrated by this yeah. monster and no, it's, it's too, he likes it cold and, you know, mm-hmm. hoppers down on the tunnels and, and you know, then every, stuck. And, and then the last episode, the, the head pops up and the demo dogs right there. And then, Oh, let's just pause for a whole episode, pause yeah. for 45 minutes and do something. I think maybe timing. If, if they had like kind of chunked it up and kind of, you know, interspersed, you know, had it all be normal episodes and, still have her go to Chicago if she needs to. And, but to well, just have the whole thing set, it just. I, I and not just... check back in with any of our characters. There was, if you look at the cast list that day, it's credit only, credit only, credit yep. only. Cause they yep. don't, they don't show up. And it's not to say anything against the actors that are in this episode. I think they did good with what they had to work with. I, but... I'll, de- I'll debate you on that later, but that's okay. <laughs> go ahead, I mean, I'm just going. thinking of like Callie and. I thought I thought Callie did. I thought no, Callie I thought, did a good. I thought Callie oh, was, wasn't horrible. I thought Axel was horrible. Now, I, yeah, I thought Dottie I mean, didn't really like her. Funshine and Nick and and Dottie, they were fine. But I I thought Callie didn't really work very well, and I thought Axel was terrible. But go ahead, you can keep you can keep. Well, and I I just knowing how the Duffer Brothers work and knowing that they've had this all planned out and they're. I feel like every single move is absolutely intentional and it's going to, they're not going to pull a lost as David Harbor said this week mm-hmm. in an interview, he said, we're not going to have some polar bear wander through and it never, you never figure out where the polar bear comes from or anything like that. He said, you right. know, we're not going to have that. So I have to think that they did this episode in hopes or not hopes, but planning on, tying this all back together because we know that you know there's at least 10 more other kids 
like 11 out there. We don't know who they are. We, we've, we just know Callie now, but I think we're going to see more of them as the seasons go on. Yeah. And, and, and um, again, I'm fine with that. And I kind of, I mean, I get the idea that she kind of had to go away and do whatever and come back a better person. So it was kind of funny. I was reading, I, I mentioned, I went back and looked at the articles, the entertainment weekly article uh, that came out, they did, you know, kind of an epi- episode by episode recap back mm-hmm. in 2017. <laughs> the first line in the lost sister recap was move over team Taylor versus team Katie. There's a new pop culture debate brewing <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> so if that puts it into perspective at all. That's how long ago this was. It was four yeah. years ago when Taylor, uh, Taylor and, Katie. Swift and Katie Perry are at each other's throats. And, yeah. So I was, I just thought that was, that was kind of funny. So yeah, you forget how long it's been. I honestly, I think this might be the second time I've watched this episode. Yeah, I, I don't think I've, I've watched it again. I, yeah. Every time I've rewatched season two, I've skipped it. Yeah, yeah, you can just skip right over it. So, but I'm not. It's not to say it doesn't have its moments where there are. They're not good, and I didn't like where they were. But I feel like they were important to know. I feel like it's important to know that Eleven is sometimes okay with killing people, and I feel like she. It's. I think it showed a little bit, like peeling back the top layer. That maybe Eleven's not this nice little kid that we all thought she was, and that is my biggest fear going into season four. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, 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 I get that. And again, you know, you know, I kind of mentioned the Dagobah moment when she was pulling the train car and Ross said um, uh, in a different article, he said that 11 storyline overall is sort of the biggest risk we took. We're, we're going to continue to do risks moving forward to keep us on our toes. I didn't want her to just magically save the day, just like Luke Skywalker. She needed to go off on her own and learn something about herself. Great. And she does, and that's fine. My problems more were that it was a bottle episode by itself. And, you know, just as the momentum's going, we screech to mm-hmm. a halt. You know, we always pay, play that record scratch sound yeah. effect when we talk about music. That's what happened in this episode. And- I remember having no clue what I was watching. Because at first, I thought, oh, we're going back to Terry's house with the three to the right. left, four to the right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's, we're going to pick up here, which, as I've said before, the whole Terry Ives side plot is still, it's just not my favorite. It's just not mm-hmm. the one I'm most interested in. Yeah. And, and the other thing I really didn't like, I mentioned it was Rebecca Thomas's directing in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just really ham fisted over the top. I mean, just throw everything at a wall and see what sti- literally throw all kinds of spray paint at a wall, see what sticks. But just a little background on her. She directed the movie Electric Children, which is a small indie film back in 2012. And that's where the Duffer Brothers tripped on her, saw the movie and, and kind of invited her on board um, to do that. But yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, I mean, all, all of the graffiti in the background and, and I'm sure, well, we can talk where about Where were it now. they staying? The, all the King Mob and Barbalith and all that stuff in the background. That's from the Invisibles comic books, which came out in 1994. So it's not even a time relevant throwback i mean it's not yeah. like they're it's not like gotham city and batman and yeah you know, or or x-men or something that's been around for a while i mean they're referencing a comic book series that doesn't come out in this timeline for another 10 years so i mean it's just just stupid stuff like that i mean and it just even if you don't know the invisibles it's just there's just so much it's just so all over the place i mean there's just graffiti everywhere and it just it's just i thought weird they were just leaning like really that. hard into the punk 
yeah into the punk scene well they were obviously i mean you know axel is you know he's more of a stereotypical punker than <laughs> there are halloween costumes that are more subtle than i know than i know axel's, i thought that axel's outfit but i couldn't um, figure out where she met all of them i know she said they were outcasts but like what there's like a monthly meeting yeah <laughs> people that don't fit in yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the uh at the when she's leaving Becky's house, and, and this is just one example, when the, they're um at Becky when she's at Becky's house and they're watching the TV and the channel eight news mm-hmm. graphic comes on, so you're like flapped in your face with the number eight. I mean, duh. It's so funny because the Entertainment Weekly article about it said, Meanwhile, Mama's TV goes from static to the action eight news, and the TV really wants us to notice the eight. Thanks. We get it. <laughs> you know, it's just, but I mean, it's it's just that kind of stuff. And then, you know, playing Bon Jovi's Runaway when she's running away. Oh, I mean, it's just. I thought that was very, I was like, this is off. It's just, the word it's I'm just looking for? everything was that just not... so trite. I mean, this, when she wanders through Skid Row and all the bums are there and like, they're all dead. I mean, it's just so, I mean. And then the it, whole, it, like the song when they were like breaking into like, where they're stealing all the stuff from the gas station. Yeah. The and... Runaway song. Yeah. That was a different Runaway song. No, that, right? was, that was the group, the Runaways. The Joan, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Joan, Joan Jett, Lita Ford, you know, Runaways. Yeah. yeah. It was all very, like, way more obvious choices in music. Oh, than it, was I... just, it was just, yeah, it was just very trite, very, you know, I mean, just everything just. And then there was a lot of stuff that just didn't really make any sense. I mean, when she, when Elle you know, kind of force pulls the switchblade off the floor and knows immediately how to flip the switch and close the switchblade. How Listen, on earth does she know that? that I mean, she what? can't, she doesn't know what pudding is a week ago or, <laughs> or a year ago. And now all of a sudden she knows how to use the switchblade. And... I, I need to know why she still calls her mama. Yeah. Like, why does she say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when she's talking with, um, I did like, um, the scene when they were up on the roof and they were kind of talking about their powers and the whole butterfly thing. I thought that was kind of neat, but then they're talking in the room and, and the, the spiritual advisor neon sign is in the background. I mean, it's just, it's just, so why didn't we obvious. do my homework? It's just, so, Oh, we didn't do your homework. Does the sign say spiritual advisor? Um, we will do your homework, but I mean, it's just this kind of just really overt trite tropey stuff that I think just really detracted from the, from the episode but I was do your so, homework go I ahead do your so homework distracted by my anger <laughs> I that know. i didn't notice this yeah. stuff i don't even want to now honestly colin because you've answered two of them already okay you're late again yeah, i had to get catch-up homework i don't know if i would have go ahead i knew i would have known spiritual advisor what was the other one uh action eight news i was like what program is terry watching on tv uh, action eight news yeah okay yeah okay the second one was what were the words on the neon sign beside Eleven's bed at yeah. tally's place spiritual advisor Number three is how many bags of popcorn are on the top rack when they walk into the gas station. There's like a little like metal rack of popcorn. Wow. It's kind of, I I have no idea. I mean, I'll guess six, who knows? Um, But it was kind of neat looking at that scene. We'll talk about a little bit more, you know, later on, but you're kind of picking out the set direction I thought was really good in Mm -hmm. that one scene, but I don't know how many was it? Six, eight, two, who knows? Four. Four. Okay. The answer was four. Okay. And number four? Number four is who is listed as the governor of Indiana on the welcome to Indiana sign? It's the right governor. 
they they did get that right. They got, okay. the, they got the correct governor of Illinois when she pulls into Chicago and they got the correct governor of Indiana. Indiana. When it was pulling out, I don't know, I was like Ray McCormick or I can't remember Don Ray something. I can't remember what his name was, but what? I, I did look it up and, and it was the correct governor of Indiana at the time. So yeah. I, I thought for sure this would be the one that you got. It was Robert D. Orr. Okay. Robert D. Orr. Okay. But yes, I did look it up and it, but it's it's been more than a couple of days since I've watched this episode. I just watched it and got it out of my system. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put it off as long as possible. I watched it about 30 minutes before we started recording. So yeah. So I already mentioned like the the you know the whole Luke Skywalker Degaba moment thing. So when Luke's pulling the X-Wing fighter out of the swamp, you know, Yoda's trying to teach him how to you know, pull the X-Wing fighter out and Luke's like, it's too big. And Yoda's like, you know, there is no do. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just like a straight, and it's not even homage. It's a ripoff of Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, and the Duffers admitted that obviously in the quote I just mentioned earlier. But, I just don't know why they signed off on this. <laughs> I know. But when they're, when, the, when Kali, Kali, Kali is talking to her about this and she's like, channel your anger and find what makes you, angry most in the world what is the first flashback that she has do you remember this will be your homework question it was hopper wasn't it no it's when callie is saying you should channel your anger what think of something that really made you angry in your life oh it was max yeah it was max Max. and i was like on the skateboard i'm like what what all the things in her life and that's the thing that is the the first thing that pops into her head when she's and but hopper was in there too when he was yelling at her because i remember being like out of everything, this is what makes you angry? Yeah. Like, where's Brenner? Where are all the people that were shoving you into the lab, you know, yeah. rooms and, you know, being attaching... made to being made to kill a cat, you know, or and attaching know, like things so you can go hunt a monster. Yeah. Or, you know, you, when the, you know, executioner Connie Frazier comes and kills yeah. Benny, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Max think, on her skateboard. Yeah. Max on her skateboard was the first thing that she thought of. Who but... she saw for 30 seconds that day. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, how'd she even remember yeah um i also got a trip out uh, got a kick out of the fact when after axel had had his whole thing with the spiders on his arm and everything like that mm-hmm. and so Kali's saying this is my you know my sister 11 and she has the ability to find people and axel's reaction is she can find people no way like it's what? completely unbelievable yeah. that after You've been living with, with this, living with this other girl who can make spiders appear on your arm that you that you're fine with but another person like she who can, has, yeah i don't know maybe she's got a phone book man i don't know like <laughs> why would that why is that the one thing you don't believe i swear to god i was gonna go into this whole podcast and be you know kind of calm and i kind of thought get, i was gonna be the one i get where the duffers are coming from and i kind of but i'm just like I just, i'm just i just i'm just going well, off i just oh man i and i hate like i I hold stranger things so close to my heart that I honestly hate to say anything negative about it because I don't want anybody like, it's like, it's like one of those things like with your family, like you can be mean to your brother, but you don't want anybody else to be mean to your brother. Like, that's how I feel about this. Like, yes, I can complain about this. Honestly, does this feel like stranger things to you? I mean, it didn't, it felt like, it felt like a Fox show. It felt like that, like, what, what was that like superhero show with the kids on Fox that got canceled after one season? I, can't I know remember. what you mean. I, I can't remember either. But yeah, it's like I mean, Marvel it feels, something. It just it just feels like something just so you know. Yeah, I mean, cheaply made and like, 
all kinds of weird things. The whole thing when um, when she's introducing Elle, when Kali's introducing Elle, and she has her hands in her pockets and fun shines like, whoa, 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 take your hand out of your pocket real slow, kid. I mean, yeah. what is she going to, I mean, you're A, 400 pounds bigger than her. And B, and, she's with Kali, who's and, introducing her. And you're, <laughs> and you're worried that she's going to pull a gun on you. And I mean, I well, know, and it was so just, did you this. notice the way that Kali spoke, like the words that she used, not her like affectation or anything like, but the words that she used were just it didn't seem like a young girl would be saying them. They no, seemed and, like and an you, old, I mean, you, wise person. Well, and you said not her affect, but I think her affectation, her accent, or whatever that was, was also an issue because it wasn't really. I mean, it was kind of half, half American, British. half Canadian, half British. Yeah, and, and yeah, I realize that adds up to a you know one and a half. But I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was not a consistent accent, and it was just so that and, was kind of driving me crazy. I, in the flashbacks, I, he was just a weird person to have Eleven be connected with. Like, Eleven looked like she, I mean, she's been in there since she was a baby, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, since she was a baby. So, but, I don't know. Yeah, but see, but see, and now after all this, they, they open up this whole can of worms because now we don't know Callie's backstory. All we have is that little newspaper article that says vanished Indian girl missing in London. Yeah. But we don't know really you know when i mean unless you freeze frame and look at the article i mean we don't know and i don't know that we will if you are familiar with the stranger things comics the writer and i cannot remember one of the writers i can't remember her name of the comics when she was given permission to do this she thought that they were going to give her all these rules about what she could write about with the other subjects other dr brenner's subjects Mm -hmm. and she said she was surprised because they were like you can write about any of them except for number one it's the only one you cannot talk about hmm. so that leads me to think that we're eventually going to see number one on the show mm-hmm. um but in the comics there's there there's like nine and nine and a half because they made one of them was a set of twins and okay. only one of them had powers okay so like you can go into the, i think the comics actually do have more backstory but I don't think we're going to see that on the show. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't done the comics at all. So I don't know. So then we get the whole, you know, we'll kind of backtrack a little bit here. So we, when they decide to go after Ray Carroll, um, who was very talking, speaking of ham fisted when they, at the beginning of the episode, um, they did the 450 montage again and yeah. they just kept showing Ray over and over again. It's like, yes, well, they he, showed him in the last episode and I did. recognized the yeah. actor. Yeah, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been in several things. Yeah. And I thought, this is how little I've watched this episode. I was like, that's weird. He would just have that bit part and we never see him again. We yeah. do see him a lot the next episode. <laughs> yeah. So they they decide to to go after him. Fine. I get it. You know, we we know that he was an issue when the the whole I keep calling it the 450 montage, but you know, sure. And then then we decide to give Elle a makeover. Well, she had to look the part. Did she though? I mean, really? No, none of none of this had to have happened. Episode seven didn't have to happen. And and did they need to go bitching? I mean, it's, right. it's, it's, this is the kind of dialogue that just well, and I don't me. even like I don't even like when Eleven says it when yeah. she comes back. Like it yeah. just it grates on me. It's yeah. like, oh, don't like I don't know. Maybe I'm a snob, but a lot of times yeah. the 
the lines that people pick up from from certain shows are always the ones that I'm like, why yeah. that line? Yeah. Why did that line get popular? No, I did like the Oscars gas and go. I talked about the set decoration. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. And I like the scene. I like, you know, with the, the yeah, I like how they had the poop coming out under the uh, door. And then when the attendant went over to it, it wasn't there, but he was still acting like it was there. I thought that oh, was, yeah. I, th- I thought that was really good. And I thought the, um, I mean, you know, all of the, you know, the kind of the cigarette ads and the beer and, the, and even like the styrofoam coolers, it was very all 80s you know, relevant. I and, mean, you know, I, I, I did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Axel though, had the line, you know, ladies and gentlemen, your supermarket sweep, which also doesn't work. Cause it, didn't, it wasn't sweep, out yet. No, it was on from like 1965 to 67. And then it didn't come back until 1990. To be fair, maybe he watched it in, in 1965 to 1967. No, maybe it was on reruns. <laughs> So now you're defending this episode while I I'm just it. no, I know what has happened. <laughs> I'm just I just don't like I don't like to get too too hard on the on the Duffer brother. I don't like to I be know. too hard on them. I know. And see, I don't know how much of this is them and how much is not. You know, I keep I keep giving the Duffer brothers crap for picking music that isn't, you know, time appropriate. But there mm-hmm. is a music, there's a music supervisor for the show. Yeah, maybe to, they're just trusting him to pick the music, you know, so they, you know, they oh. may just sign off on it or something like that, but they did get punky Brewster, right? That episode did air that night. Um, when they get to Ray Carroll's house, he's watching the punky Brewster episode where she's getting the shot that worked out nicely and, and credit to whoever gets credit for that. But then we get the revelation according to Ray anyway, that Brenner is still alive and that he can take them to him my question was when all of this happened was she found Ray by looking at a picture of Ray. Surely, Why couldn't she find Brenner? There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's just, there's just plot holes. There's issues. And, and why would Ray know where he was? Oh, maybe. Oh, a, maybe he was lying first of all, because he probably understands, you know, if you're in that situation and these yeah. kids are killing you because of what you did, that they're probably really after the guy who is your boss. I know, and I. So he may have been lying, or he may be in contact with him. You know, we don't know. I felt bad for Ray. I don't know why, but I felt like I felt bad for him. Oh, I did too, and I credit to Pruitt Taylor Vince for that. I think he gave a great performance in that little bit that he had. Um, I think he, I think he did a really good job in that in that scene. But then we get we get back to the warehouse after they decide not to kill um, Ray, and then Holly's all mad. Yep, and then we have the Brenner illusion that Callie, you know, makes Brenner appear or makes a, whatever the hologram of Brenner appear or whatever. Uh, (laughs) The whole terrible wound bit and the whole confront your pain thing. Why Um, would she, half the time he was talking, I was like, why would she know what any of these words mean? She didn't know what pudding was. was Like, do you remember what fester means? 11? Why does he have that weird accent when he talks? Do you remember? (laughs) Um, it was kind of interesting though, because um, there was an interview with Millie after the, she said after the scene, she ended up crying in the bathroom for 45 minutes because it was such an emotional scene um, for her. And so draining to to shoot that bit with uh, Matthew Modine. Why? I don't know. I guess it was just a very emotionally wrenching for her. But I don't know. I'm just passing on I, information. I know you don't, but I'm just very, con- I call well, us Millie. In, in I got a question. Yes. 
but I mean, if you do watch that episode or watch that, no, don't watch the episode again. If you, if you remember that scene, I mean, she was and credit to Millie. I mean, she kind of poured her all into, you know, the episode and that one particular scene, it was a very kind of wrenching scene for her to do. Um, so I think it just kind of, you know, got the better. It's kind of like in, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there in season three, the, um, I think it's in the sauna the test, the sauna test. Um, oh yeah 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 so i say kind of same thing she was just exhausted you know because she was basically kind of doing her own stunts and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing so i don't know i did like i mean i mentioned the oscars gas and go i also really liked the bit where the cops come and kali um makes them disappear i, I thought oh, that, was, that, that was cool i thought yeah. that was kind of neat how they filmed that how they were still there and you know the the camera work, you know they froze, and the cops. I was were very like, you know, worried that they were going to run into them because I was like, if they move, will the illusion be gone? Or yeah, honestly, why did Callie need any help whatsoever? With her power, yeah, she could literally kill anybody. Well, and they have been. I mean, so but why yeah. did she even need help? I mean, I well, guess she just want maybe they're just friends. Maybe she needs a companionship. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a, just another plot hole. Who, who knows? <laughs> um, and then they build the wall and then they disappear and then they, then they leave and, and Elle, thank God, hops on a bus and goes home. Here yeah. ends the lost sister. So anything else you want to talk no, about? No, I want to get this episode over with so we never have to talk about this episode again. Okay. So there is a Colin moment. There are, where is the world is? There are a couple little things. There is music. Let's do it. Okay, let's just do, I'll, I'll blow through my Colin moment um, real quick. I can't believe you have one. Were you a punk in the 80s? I was not a punk in the 80s, but it's kind of along the lines of the lunchboxes um, when we talked about those. Whatever happened to vans? You know, you I mean, well, I mean, they're out there for like deliveries and stuff, but people don't buy vans anymore, right? Oh, because so, they're minivans, I guess? Well, there's like minivans and then there's, you know, but... I just, I, I remember. We had one of those vans like in the, in the video or in the episode. Yeah. Like the Chevy van. Like, yeah. It's an 80. Yeah. They had Chevy like van. the, yeah. they had the captain seats. The captain seats. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. My friend had one. And when I was in high school, we were on the swim team and we went to practice every morning and he would go around the middle. What and, happened and to pick us all up. Yeah. So the Chevy, Chevy van was made from 1964 to 1996. And then they just stopped doing it. Obviously they, you know, did minivans and stuff like that. But I mean, the, this Chevy van, it's the same as the 18 van, it's a 18 van was a Chevy van. The Hawkins mm-hmm. Power and Light vans are also Chevy vans. If you ever watch Midnight Run with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, the van that they were, the surveillance guys were in, that was, and the Mystery Machine from Scooby Doo was also a Chevy van. So, so do they, you think they find these like old vans and have them repurposed to use in the, in the show? So they yeah. do that? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, how I always mourn today's youth. They never get to experience these board games and these video games and stuff. They will never about. experience fighting over never... the captain's seat with your brother. Yeah. You get to sit yeah. in there. I just, I just huh. wanted to pause and take a, I mean, I didn't want to put a whole lot of thought into this, but I did, you know, I did. Like I could reminisce. Base. I could reminisce on some bands for a while. Yeah. I love bars. Yeah. thought it was cool. Had a ladder on the back. I used to climb up all the time. Nice. Don't know why. Was it a conversion van with a little thing on the top with like the little hood thing and the little... You know, the kind of the, the, not the skylight, but the kind of like the raised roof so you could. Yes. You know, yeah. I think so. It yeah. was blue and it had a darker blue stripe on it. I had to have the stripe. Any airbrushing? 
on the side. There was no, the, no, there was, despite living in Kentucky, there was no airbrushing of dragons or, or Pegasus. Or wolves. Pegasus? No, no eagles. No? no okay. American flags, none of that. No. <laughs> it was just, uh, it was just a blue van with a dark blue stripe and I believe the interior was maroon which is kind of an odd choice sure, yeah. but I, re- I remember I loved it and the art captain seats like like rotated oh yeah swivel all the way around absolutely yeah, yeah so you could fight with your yeah. sibling yeah because we always had my mom or my grandma or grandpa with us so one of them always got the cap like one of the captain seats and then mm-hmm. Jason and I would fight over the other right. one sure and there were no I mean I was way too young to probably even be not having a car seat at that point or a booster seat at least right but with vans you could just it was like it was like a room oh, on yeah. wheels you could yeah. run around in it <laughs> that's a mccullen moment all right vans. i kind of took it over <laughs> vans yeah okay let's do uh let's have some fun with uh, a little bit of where in the world is i won't i won't really quiz you on this because i don't really care <laughs> okay, good, go i did not on. I didn't notice anything but Illinois and Indiana. <laughs> the city of Chicago, as it appears in this episode, real thing, not a real thing. <laughs> you mean, does the city of Chicago exist? <laughs> the answer is no. Nothing about Chicago in this episode is correct. First of all, there's like seven or eight skyscrapers that did not exist in 1984. I wouldn't have even known it was Chicago had there not been one spray-painted sign in the background yeah. that said Windy City. <laughs> but most importantly, and I'll post a link to this, when the episode aired, many Chicagoans pointed out that there's the shot where she's at Windy City Pawn. Um, she's kind of walking across the street, and then they yeah. actually, she gets to the warehouse, and then they go up on the roof of the warehouse, and they have a little butterfly moment. Yeah. Okay, so in the background is the skyline of the city of Chicago. They're like, that's not real, or that's not well, right. No, because it's it's well either flipped, you know, kind of you know, it's a mirror image of itself, or they're sitting in the middle of Lake Michigan, because the vantage point of the skyline that is in the background is taken from the dead middle of Lake Michigan. And I will I will post a link to this on our socials because a bunch of Chicagoans just like tore it all up on Twitter. <laughs> Like, what on earth are they yeah. looking at? Well, <laughs> I thought they were in Pittsburgh until I saw the Windy City sign. Because well, they were in Pittsburgh earlier, but they have now moved on to Chicago. So, yeah. So shows how little I pay attention. And to I this could quiz you. They, they went to the Gramercy Apartments, which are supposedly at Washington and Bethel in Lilburn. So, Lilburn, real place, not a real place. And if it is real, it, it's not. It's in Georgia. There's it's oh. a suburb of Atlanta. Lilburn. Of course there is no, it is. There's no Lilburn, Illinois. They didn't even pick a Illinois, a Chicago suburb. They picked an Atlanta suburb to say that's where Ray Carroll lived. I so. think the Duffer brothers didn't even care about this episode. They just wanted to get it over with. They yeah. like owed somebody. They lost a bet. They had to do it. And they were like, oh, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I'm really, I'm really curious to see if we get like emails or, or <laughs> tweets from people about this. Either, like mad at us or mad at like the no, number either like a hundred percent we're with you or my god it's stranger things you all should like, burn in hell for yeah. saying a bad word about it but all right let's talk a couple of little things okay wait did, did you see something yeah what did what did you see i did i loved um i mentioned already the butterfly scene and i liked it because when she held the butterfly in front of eleven's face you saw the reflection of the blue and pink from the butterfly on eleven's face 
mm. which is just, it's just a little touch that, you know, had it not been there, nobody would have noticed, not, may but... not have even noticed, but it is there. So they actually took the time to kind of reflect the, you know, obviously it's a fake butterfly, but maybe yeah. they had like a, a blue and pink light in her hand or something. So I thought that was a, that was a neat little touch. I also noticed that Dottie at the gas and go stole the fly swatter when they're at the gas yes. and go and held she on to a, it for the rest of the episode. Right. She had the fly swatter with her the whole time. So what is that? She had a very odd assortment of things that she took from the, she was holding, she was getting sunglasses. She was holding a box of tampons and she had the fly swatter. I was yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing I want to mention is as they're peeling out of the gas and go to leave, there is a sign right at the gas pumps that says no through traffic. Yeah. For what? what? Right, it's on the side of a road. It's in this, like they're just gonna like, whoop, like to the right a little bit, do a U turn. I'm like, what is there a no through traffic sign? And so yeah, I like, just looked, I just I pulled it up on like Google Earth to like see if there was some kind of weird traffic pattern there. And nope, it's just an intersection. Nope. So I guess he don't doesn't want people cutting through. The gas you just station. can't. You can only come in that parking lot unless you're buying gas. Oh, I don't know. Customers about, only. Okay, let's do music. Okay. Go ahead, get this over with, because this was bad too. Okay, music, song number one, Runaway by Bon Jovi. Played as Elle is pulling into Chicago, because of course she is. Uh, came out in February of 1984, so that tracks reached number 39 on the charts and introduced the world to Bon Jovi. So, yay, Runaway. Second song, and this is the second time that it's popped up in the series, it's called Outside the Realm by Big Giant Circles. This is the song that's playing in that rooftop scene with the butterfly, but it was also the song that was playing uh, the night of the Halloween party when Jonathan took Nancy home after her little. So it's the same song came out in 2015. So obviously doesn't track, you know, year wise, but it's the second time they use that song. It's kind of an atmospheric kind of, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it. It's a nifty, nifty little song. I can't, I don't knock them on the, on the songs that don't have, because it, it doesn't have lyrics, does it? It's just like, no. No, it's just, yeah, it's, see, I mean, it could be a score. It could be something that Dixon and Stein wrote, you know. Right. Be, like, yeah. I don't knock them on that stuff. No, no. Uh, next song is called Back to Nature by Fad Gadget. Back to nature, in the sun. This is the song, and I almost made this my most spirited thing. This is the song, and there's a little bit of story with this, so bear with me. So this is, um, this is a song that's playing when L meets the crew, like Axel and Funshine and all. It's, it's kind of playing in the background. Um, so Fad Gadget was the stage name of Frank Tovey. Late Frank Tovey died about, oh boy, 15, 20 years ago, somewhere in there. He was the first artist ever signed to Daniel Miller's Mute Records. When Daniel Miller created Mute Records, um, he was the first artist that Daniel signed to his label. And this is the label that basically gave the world Depeche Mode, Erasure, New Order, Yaz. I mean, all these great techno pop groups from the early 80s um, came through Mute Records. And this guy, Fad Gadget, was the first person that was signed to the label. And this was the song, Back to, the, uh, Back to Nature. That was So I thought that was a neat little, neat little thing. Anyway, moving on. Next song is um, a, a bit of score that John Carpenter wrote originally for Escape from New York. His 1981 movie came out in July of 1981. It's called The Bank Robbery. The 
So this is what's playing when they have decided to go after Ray and they're looking him up in the phone book and, and mm-hmm. that whole thing. And why do they need to look in a phone book when Ella's right there? And <laughs> Maybe she only sees him and yep. she doesn't have a location. Yep. So this was, it was uh, originally written for Escape from New York, but was never used in the movie. So they kind of, the Duffer brothers kind of, I don't know how they came about getting it, but it was a deleted uh, bit of score from Escape from New York. So I thought that was a, a neat little story. Probably because they were like, you know what? We're going to reference the thing a lot yeah. in upcoming seasons. <laughs> you owe uh, us. Next song, uh, you you mentioned The Runaways. Um Joan Jett, Lita Ford, that that group from the punk group from the late 70s, mid to late 70s. The song is called Dead End Justice. And this is the song that's playing in the whole gas and go, um, you know, supermarket sweep thing. Came out in uh, June of 1976. Great song. I like the Runaways. Underrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then the last song is the credit song, Whisper to a Scream by Icicle Works. Came out in March of 1984. So this is a song that's playing at the end of the uh, end of the episode. It goes right into the ending credits. Uh, reached number 37 on the pop charts. So yay, Icicle Works. And was redone for what horror movie in 1996? Scream. There you go. Okay. Superlatives? Ooh. I boycotted them. There are none. Nobody gets any this week. <laughs> there, is, there is a very clear winner for best line. I'm going to my friend's. going home thank god the heavens parted the yes. angels sang yes that the, puppy the best, song came on might be the best line of the whole series that was <laughs> going home thank the lord you know what it kind of this is another little thing and it's a little bit off topic but i'm gonna put it in here anyways kind of bugs me when l is just like kind of rude to like it's unneeded unnecessarily rude to people like that little old lady just wanted to make sure she was getting home safe and i thought 11 was going to call her a mouth breather yeah Elle's just not very good with words. So she was probably nervous about what she would say. Some words. <laughs> Other words she can say just fine. Uh, most spirited. I went with the whole gas and go set decoration. I thought that was really good and very 80s. I can't believe and, you're and even entertaining good. superlatives. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most stranger thing. I went with the Brenner appearance. Um, I think at the time, that's the only thing that I really remembered from the episode as being a, whoa, what the heck is going on kind of moment. So not spooky, not scary, but kind of stranger thing kind of moment. And MVP, I gave it to Pruitt Taylor Vince because I thought he was great in his little, um, you know, scene when he's being, you know, kind of forced dragged across the floor. And, you know, I, I thought he did a really good job. So I, I kept up my end of the deal and I gave my superlatives. So there. Not me. Okay, let's get out of here. Okay, guys, if you like what you hear, you can always subscribe on iTunes. If you don't like what you hear. <laughs> if you don't like what you hear, don't tell us. And we'll be, we'll be back next week and we'll be, we'll, we'll be liking the show again. So. We'll be back on to our favorite show, Stranger Things. This is just a one-off episode. So you can find us on all the socials at Scoops Ahoy Pod. That is Facebook and Twitter. Colin posts all the stuff that you hear about in this episode. If he says he's going to post it on the socials, he does. He's a man of his word. So like I said, if you like it, you could subscribe. You could leave us a review because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners. Next week, we will be discussing chapter eight titled The Mind Flayer. We're back on track. We're back in Hawkins, guys. That's what we're waiting for. So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay. <laughs>